Hello, and welcome to this week's episode of the Christian Retirement Show. I'm your host, Eric Shrum, and I am so excited to share today's episode with you. I am joined by none other than Tech Clark. Tech is well known in the world of underwater exploration and has quite the resume. Tech has been the managing director of the University of Florida's dive program, the national associate director of the YMCA of the USA Scuba program, a founder and captain of the first United States free diving team, and a founding member of the United States Apnea Association. In 2008, Tech became the CEO of Pro Dive. Tech has appeared as a diving expert on AE. ESPN The Magazine, Men's Journal, Outside, TLC, and many more outlets. Today, Tech is the Associate Director for Aquatics and Scuba Diving at Nova Southeastern University in Fort Lauderdale, the founder and host of scubaguru.com, as well as the founder of Reef Ministries. If that's not enough, Tech also hosts two podcasts, called the League of Extraordinary Divers and the Dive Locker. During our discussion, we talk, of course, about scuba diving and exploration, but also about Tech's views on what a truly God-honoring retirement can look like outside of the traditional retirement we see so prevalently today. We also discuss Tech's amazing series called God's Underwater World, which Tech has been kind enough to provide a discount code exclusively for listeners of the Christian Retirement Show. Visit scubaguruacademy.com and use code GUW25. Okay, I'm so excited to share this episode with you. So let's go ahead and roll the intro and get into it. Welcome to the Christian Retirement Show, where we discuss all things crucial to planning and investing for retirement from a Christian perspective. I'm your host and CFP professional, Eric Shrum. To learn more about working with me, you can visit shrumpw.com and click free portfolio review. Now, on to the show. Hello, everyone. Today, I am so excited to have someone that not only has had such an impact on the world and exploration, but also has a very unique perspective on what stewardship and maybe even retirement could look like, and that is Tech Clark. Tech, welcome to the show. Thanks, Eric. It is a pleasure to be here. Of course. Well, you know, there's a lot I want to talk to you about today and, and share with our listeners. And we were talking a little bit beforehand here about that. But, uh, you know, of course, we're going to cover scuba diving. We're going right. to get your views on what retirement can look like. But let's start first with the question everybody wants to know. And that is, where did the name Tech come from? And is that <laughs> your, your real first name? <laughs> yeah, it has nothing to do with technology or technical diving. Um, It is simply my initials, Thomas E. Clark. And uh, the story goes like this. I'm a junior and uh, my mom uh, divorced my father when I was young. Mm -hmm. And um, she she said, I don't want to call him Tom, Tommy, Thomas, or anything that reminds me of Uh, of his father. (laughs) (laughs) It was my uncle that said, why don't you call him by his initials? So it's kind of a dark story of why it came about, but I've been called tech since I was a little kid. And uh, even when I graduated from kindergarten and they called my name, Thomas Clark, Thomas Clark, they had to keep repeating it because I didn't know I was Thomas Clark. I knew myself <laughs> as tech. So yeah, it's uh, a really messed up story, but that's the name <laughs> that has sticked forever, stuck forever. So Wow. That was not what I was expecting tech, but I was thinking tech. <laughs> tech diving, which would be right. the, and for the audience who doesn't know tech diving is, you know, technical diving, which you would imagine is very technical. It is. can yes. be very dangerous. And, uh, mm-hmm. but no, do you tech dive at all tech? I used to, when I was yeah. in college, I, uh, I had my fair share of cave diving and, oh, okay. uh, that was, that was, uh, really a fun time. 
Mm-hmm. Um, I look back at some of those things and kind of go, who, uh, you know, in my older and more wiser days, I'm a little bit more conservative than I was yeah. uh, back then. But then again, uh, by today's training standards and equipment that's out today, mm-hmm. it's safer than ever. So even if I right. did participate in it, better be, I'd be safer today than I was in in the mid eighties <laughs> as a college <laughs> <sure>. student. So. <laughs> yeah. Wow. Well, let's, let's talk about that. Let's talk about the diving aspect because that is a huge um, part of your life. I, yes. I would say it's the the thread kind of that from my understanding that has run through your life. And um, I'm really excited to, to share this with the audience because I think diving in the ocean and underwater, the underwater world is something that, um, maybe people see on TV, but to bring it to life is a really cool thing. So I want to yeah. share that with our audience today. When, how did you get into scuba diving? What did that look like for you? Well, at the, uh, you know, basically growing up, uh, with my grandparents uh, and my mom down here in South Florida, uh, my grandfather would go fishing all the time and I would stare off the back of the boat into the water and just mm-hmm. be in awe of what was beneath the, the waves. And then these fish would come up and I would look at the fish and just be like in awe of their beauty. Yeah. Um, and then, you know, you just kind of watch them die and then, you know, you eat them and things like that. (laughs) And, you know, not, not putting anything bad down on fishing, but it just never really spoke to me. I literally wanted to jump off the boat and just see them in their habitat. That's, that's how right. I felt as a kid. Mm-hmm. And, um, uh, I grew up in the pool and around water and everything and the beaches and, and all from down here. So truly a water baby. Yeah. Um, then when I was 12, I got the opportunity to actually go on a dive with a friend of my mom's. And, uh, he was an instructor at the time. We went on a beach dive right off of Lauderdale by the sea here. Mm-hmm. And, uh, his tank came out of his BC and I instinctively just went and helped it helped him and wow. put the tank back in place, yeah. not even knowing how to do it or anything, just kind of did it. Yeah. And so he made a big to do about that and everything like that. And I thought, Oh, I'm pretty proud. Oh, that's cool. <laughs> uh, but then once I saved up enough money, or actually, no, my mom and I um, went through a scuba class together, uh, open water diver class down here mm-hmm. when I was about 14, I want to say. Okay. And then um, went right into advanced. So I saved up my okay. money to buy nice. some scuba equipment and then take an advanced course. Mm-hmm. And so that's how I got into the diving um, and, and the early age that I actually started it you've been diving for so long. It's been such a big part of your life. What is it about diving about the ocean that has captivated you and has continued to captivate you so that it's been a career for so many years? Well, I, you know, there's a couple things. Um, number one is to, to look at it kind of a personally and then a professionally side of it. Mm. So on the professional side of it, I never aspired to be a pro um, in diving. I, you know, went to the university of Florida and at UF, I had to drop a golf class and I dropped a golf class. I still needed two credit hours of a PE. And Mm -hmm. it was, it was like, uh, all right, what do I take? Well, these guys were there and they said, Hey, are you a diver? I said, yeah, I am. They said, what level are you at? And I told them in advanced and they said, great, you can take our assistant instructor program. Well, I took that, got my two credit hours and then became an instructor from Mm. that point on at the age of 19, I was a scuba instructor and, and I taught at the university. Well, all of that teaching led to, to wild things Mm. and the you know, the great stuff was that by teaching at the age of 19 and then watching people do what they do, the professional side really just emerged within me. And it was the whole thing of watching people's lives transform. Mm. And that was wonderful. People that had fear of the water or anxious or, Mm -hmm. you know, people that loved the water, but they just, they wanted a new way to go down and and see the underwater world. We were able to do that as instructors. And so then to be able to present to classes, then that honed my teaching and presentation skills. And, you know, then to get into all these 
these opportunities to then teach on bigger platforms and stages. It was just fantastic. So professionally, yeah. I grew um, mm. with scuba diving. Mm. And um, by the way, a little caveat, when I was about to, uh, I, I graduated from the assistant instructor program and all my buddies that went through with me were going to take the instructor course. And yeah. so it was like a week later, you rolled one from the other and everything like right. that. And guys had saved up money and they, you know, all this stuff. And I was mm-hmm. actually a horrible assistant instructor. I wasn't good at all. I was like last in the class and everything. So I kept saying, no, 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 I'm not ready to be an instructor. I'm not going to do it. Well, they talked me into it. And the night before the instructor course started, I literally called up my mom and said, mom, can I have uh, the money to become a scuba instructor? And she said, well, it's always something you can fall back on. And so, you know, the business degree actually didn't happen. You know, wow. it was a recreation degree and business side of recreation, commercial recreation, and then scuba instructor opened the doors for my career. Wow. So that's the professional side. And then the personal yeah. side is the mm-hmm. other thing that has sustained me. The personal connection of being underwater and being mm-hmm. in that environment specifically yeah. is just absolutely nourishing because mm-hmm. I love the outdoor world, but there is no greater biodiversity that we can explore other than we go to the rainforest and I'm not going to do that all the time, <laughs> but I can go right out here, yeah. right off of our shores and be surrounded by God's creation. And yeah. it is so immersive. You, 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 you disconnect from all other distractions and you're literally focused mm-hmm. on this environment. Yeah. There's yeah. no phones. There's no people talking. You are just in on this environment. Yes. And so when I get to go down there and feel my breath and listen to my breathing and the bubbles and feel the weightlessness where you feel like you're literally flying, all of those sensations, you just can't get anywhere else. And that yeah. just feeds my soul, you know, in this wonderful way of otherworldliness. Yeah. And that is where personally, I really, really enjoy underwater world, whether that is scuba diving or free diving, you know, either way, Uh, just exploring the underwater world is, is just fantastic, both personally and professionally. That's why I'm still in it today, man. That is cool. And if that is not an advertisement and is getting people excited to go sign up for a scuba class. I don't know what will tech, but (laughs) uh, that's fantastic. And I, you know, the same thing that has drawn me to scuba and being underneath the water and and the underwater world has, it's exactly what you encompassed in in what you said. So that's cool to hear. Um, But, you know, let's talk a little bit about your career too. Um, You've had such an impressive career. You know, you've been what the U S free diving um, were you the, the head of that or the coach captain. of that? Mm-hmm. The yeah, captain. founder, founder, and captain wow. of the United States freediving team. Incredible. You also were the head of the YMCA scuba program, yes, nationally. Yes. And you were the CEO of Pro Dive. Yeah. In addition to that, you have really risen to kind of the top of, of this industry and, and this world of exploration that is yeah. scuba. Um, what's been a highlight of your career that you could share with us? And could you also share kind of what made that time so special and what God taught you during that time about stewardship and just how to, how to steward the opportunities and responsibilities and, and maybe even money that he's gave you during that time? I think um, a very unique time was what I would consider my meteoric ride, (laughs) rise from the University of Florida into the YMCA of the USA scuba program. Mm -hmm. And what happened was that at the University of Florida academic diving program, we were the largest scuba training college and university scuba training program in the world. Mm. the amount of students, the amount of training we did. But we knew we were big. But the thing was, was that our director at the time, 
before I became eventually the director of the, the University of Florida dive program. But when mm-hmm. I was still cutting my teeth as a, as an instructor and an instructor trainer, he would say to us, you guys and gals actually don't know how good you are. Mm-hmm. You have no idea how good you are. And he would say that over and over again. And we kind of just blew it off. And, um, he was really a very type A personality, a PhD himself. And, um, you know, he would, he would sit and push us and he would say, you know, look at all these books that I've written, look at all these papers, look at all these articles on and on and on. You mm-hmm. have the same skill sets you've learned under me. This is the environment for this. You should be mm-hmm. doing it yourselves. And with that, came the taking them up on his offer to, well, maybe we should write articles for Mm. scuba diving magazines. Mm. Well, maybe we should speak at local conferences and Mm. ultimately national conventions and so forth. And that's what happened. So Mm. with the mentorship that we had, um, I embraced it and I took it seriously. And Mm. it was one of those things that I said, you know, he's right. We, we are very unique because when I start to look outside of our program, mm-hmm. he's right. So I started doing just that and um, realized very quickly that, yeah, we were doing some cutting edge stuff. We thought differently. We trained differently than the rest of uh, the world. We were even um, sharing what we were doing with certification agencies and mm-hmm. they would adapt some of the the policies or changes that we did in training. Mm -hmm. And so that was really unique. Mm. Then as I graduated, the offer came from the YMCA scuba program with their director. And that director said, Hey, you know, we could use an intern like you. I said, all right. And then I agreed to do a non-paid internship. I lived on a couch on a single bedroom apartment uh, (laughs) with the director of the program Uh uh, for nine months. Um, Wow. And then after the internship, I was offered a paid consultancy. So Mm -hmm. then I was a consultant, paid consultant. Then after that, I was hired as the assistant director. And then after that, the national director. And that all happened within two years of graduating from the University of Florida. No kidding. Wow. And so when I say the meteoric rise, it's that it all goes back to the quality. It goes back to the attention to detail and the quality that we put into doing our job. Mm. And when you think of something as trivial as being a scuba instructor, right? I mean, you can watch movies and movies like play up the scuba instructor as this guy that, you know, wears speedos and has a shark's tooth around their neck and a big knife, right? (laughs) Or the cool guy with the hair and the girls are all at the bar. Exactly. (laughs) Exactly. Right. So every movie that depicts a scuba instructor, it's, it's usually that kind of profile. (laughs) And Um, So when you think about it, that's kind of funny that it can be a true profession. And that is how we did it. And so we Mm. just took it super seriously. We understood that it's not just this fun recreational activity you do and then get, um, you know, foo-foo drinks uh, at the end of a day, but that really people's lives are at stake if they don't do scuba diving correctly. So technology and techniques have to be mastered. The environment Mm -hmm. has to be mastered. And what does Mm -hmm. that mean? So that's what we did. And that's what Mm -hmm. we pursued was excellence. And when we pursued that Mm -hmm. excellence at even a (laughs) trivial area like scuba instruction, (laughs) that then was where it grew and it blossomed into people that realized, no, this is the way these Mm -hmm. guys are doing it right. Mm -hmm. And that's what has opened doors for me even from the YMCA onward um, is just having that reputation of doing things right and focusing on excellence. Mm, I think that is so cool to hear. And a couple of Bible verses come to mind, you know, do all things for the glory of God, whatever it is, eating, drinking, scuba instructoring, 
financial advising. And also the parable of the talents. You know, it doesn't matter if you get 50 right. talents or or 10. You guys it seemed that the University of Florida had 50 talents and the kind of training and environment you were in, but it's it's about what you do with it and taking yeah. that that seriously with what where God has placed you for a reason and what he has you doing. That's right. Uh, that's cool to hear. Yep. I count it all as blessings. All of it. Yeah. yeah. Awesome. Well, uh, let's transition a little bit. It's not much of a transition. It's more of a, a continuation on, you know, we talk about career. You, know, you mentioned a great framework with how we should think about our career and pursuing excellence. Let's talk about retirement now. This is the Christian retirement show. We got to do yeah. it. And you know, I think you, I was so excited to ask you this specific question, Tech, because, you know, in my world, I work with a lot of people who are in office jobs or white collar work. You have a totally different experience. You know, one, maybe I'm a little jealous about because you're out on, on the ocean, you're, you're have more of an adventure, um, exploration, uh, profession and lifestyle. You know, the typical image of retirement in America is someone like I described a white collar worker working at a desk job, finally saves up in their 401k diligently or whatever it is. And they reach 65, maybe they're a little lucky and they can get earlier and they get to retire and not, not work anymore. And they can go buy their beach house or something and Mm -hmm. be a beachcomber, collect seashells on the beach in Florida where you and I have both, both lived Mm -hmm. before. Something tells me that you, with your experience, view those years that we typically reserve for retirement differently. Could you explain your view on on how you think we can, in a more God-honoring way, view our retirement years than the one I I just kind of laid out for us? Mm, Yes. You know, first is that we have plans and sometimes, you know, I want to make God laugh, tell him your plans, that type of thing. Um, yeah. We have plans and sometimes they don't go as we wish. And, you know, we chalk that up to that it's more God's will. And, you know, do we struggle with that or are we good with that? Mm-hmm. And so I think that that there is a lot of times where people say, okay, here's what our plans are. Mm -hmm. And those plans do wind up being the exact model of what you've just laid out. Right. I have never been a fan of that per se. Mm -hmm. Um, I was raised by my grandfather. I watched him sell a very, very, um, uh, lucrative business in Chicago, retire to Fort Lauderdale. Mm-hmm. Um, and when my mom and I moved down, uh, we lived with them for years until my mom could get on her feet and, and purchase a house. Mm. So I grew up watching a retired businessman. Mm. Uh, he also owned two boats, a pleasure boat and a fishing <laughs> boat. And he was on one of the two every day of his life. Right. He had buddies that golfed and I never watched him once go to a golf course. He was just a very active, active person that loved the outdoors and loved Mm -hmm. specifically fishing, boating. And that resonated with me. And I Mm -hmm. think there's still a part of that model that in that vision that's in my mind about Mm -hmm. what it means to, to retire and what I'm going to do in those years. Mm-hmm. But one of the best things I can say is that I view the work that we do as something that just doesn't necessarily need to come to an end. I think right. that it just changes. Yeah. And yeah. the change can be so subtle. For those that are listening that are CEOs or entrepreneurs, and you might be thinking that, all right, I want to stop this. I want to stop mm-hmm. this grind. Mm-hmm. Well, you know, there's some actually great things about your grind that you might be aware of, or you might not be aware of. And some of that might be leadership. Your leadership skills might be so wonderful and so well honed that when you do decide to leave the company, the corporation or sell or do whatever, Mm -hmm. now you take those leadership skills with you and it would be a waste. In fact, (laughs) the talents, if you just took it for yourself and just did nothing with that, 
Whereas your leadership skills could carry on in all kinds of ways, ministry and non-ministry to still encourage and bring people up. And so for me, when we look at the statistics of people that, uh, and by the way, my, my wife is a Christian uh, counselor. She's a, mm-hmm. a, a clinical psychologist, but she focuses on, on Christian, uh, Christian principles and helps a lot of ministry leaders and wow. things like that. Mm-hmm. Um, she's very quick to point out that it, there's study after study that shows that when somebody retires with the classic model that you're saying, their life expectancy drops, right, their fulfillment yes. and yes. all the different things. They start to have health consequences, both yeah. physically and psychologically. Mm. And all of a sudden that starts to have a systematic approach or systemic approach, actually systemic approach to the entire being yeah. and they decline. Mm. Whereas if you can literally approach retirement in a, no, it's actually a time to amp it up. It's a time to shift a gear and make a change, make a subtle change. That is where I think that retirement is so exciting in the fulfillment side of it. Now, Mm -hmm. do I view myself carrying tanks (laughs) when (laughs) when I'm 65, 75, 85? That might be a little challenging the way that I'm lifting (laughs) and carrying tanks every day now, but can I still be a part of an industry in some way, shape or form that allows me to give back? And that Mm. could be in all kinds of areas. And, you know, one of the areas that, uh, that, that I feel led is serving. Mm. So, you know, now I'm an elder at my church. And as we come into these years, I look forward to serving more. And, and I don't see stopping that when I retire. Yeah. And I don't see stopping my profession when I retire. Again, it's change. And so mm-hmm. I have morphed into online courses and different things like that right. so that my income is not me lugging tanks every day, but my mm-hmm. income comes more from the knowledge that I have in my head yeah. and in my experiences that can now go in a more passive method as I hit my retirement years. And yes, my wife and I do have wonderful plans to travel and travel and travel and travel. And so with that, we also would like to carry on with making money while we are traveling. And so uh, writing and speaking and doing online courses seems Mm -hmm. to be a nice way that we're heading into that. Um, as we look at retirement, but, you know, I just, as long as God gives me this body in mind, uh, I want to use it. I want to use it for his glory and, you know, just live those last years with just a great feeling of joy Mm. that, uh, that I'm not just, you know, hanging out and doing nothing. Thank you for that tech. I think that is such an amazing uh, framework for how to view retirement and is so helpful. And you're right. Our, our work may change, but you know, God always has plans for us, whatever that looks like. That was fantastic. I'm, I'm excited for our listeners to hear that and, you know, maybe change a little bit of the paradigm of that kind of hallmark picture. We've been almost sold on what, what retirement looks like. Uh, whereas God has so much more in store for us during those years. Yeah. You mentioned, okay, go ahead. I was just going to say that, uh, you know, I think that there is something about activity and whether it's mental or physical. And, um, you know, uh, two years ago we were whitewater rafting in West Virginia and there was a guy and a guide that we had, um, a contemporary of mine in his fifties. And, you know, we're just sitting there like, going back and forth about our two, our two professions. Mm-hmm. And, um, so much so that I interviewed him for my podcast, even cause he was, he just had such a refreshing look. He gave up corporate America so that he could be outside. Mm. And when he was outside, that's where he felt the most alive. Mm. And I think that there is something to that and yeah. whatever that is, uh, what, however that speaks to you, whether it's on the water under the water, in the mountains. Yeah. You know, I think 
there's a redefinition of what retirement looks like. And if, mm-hmm. if I could have my way, my gosh, I'd love to continue to do what, what I do, but then, Hey, why not be a snowboard instructor when yeah. I'm 65? Why not? As long as yeah. my body can hold up on that, <laughs> on those slopes and everything and keep up with the teenagers. But here's the deal. I don't need to keep up with the teenagers. If you look around, there's so many wonderful things you can go to yeah. the, you know, the silver, what's it called? Silver snorkelers. And then you've got the silver oh, snowboarders and I love you know, it. you've got these silver things. And so when you look at retirement communities that are in blossom all mm-hmm. over right now, where it's all about active adults and, and that kind of a thing, again, I think activity is such a thing that we need to to just keep present and all the research saying now, like, Hey, look, if you're not walking and getting up and moving every 50 minutes, here's what happens in that sedentary cancer or smoking. Exactly. The equivalent. Yeah. So that's why, you know, I'm going to keep going no matter what it is. And I, that's how I look at it. I want to be as active as possible. And some of the happiest people, the most joyful people I know, are ones that are active. Yeah, I love that. I love that. And you mentioned transitioning into online courses and um, education. Mm-hmm. And it's something that's I'm, I'm so passionate about is the education side of retirement planning, investing, financial planning. But you have taken that and leveled up with what you're doing right now with exposing people to the amazing underwater world and scuba but also you have an amazing ministry called Reef Ministries and you have a, an awesome, I, we were chatting beforehand and I told you it was kind of like Jacques Cousteau from a Christian perspective Yeah, yeah, exactly. Um, called God's Underwater World. Can you share with us what exactly Reef Ministries is? Why is it important? Why was it important to create? And what is God's underwater world? Yeah. Well, Eric, I became a believer late in life in my forties. Um, in 2007, you know, even my years of the YMCA and growing up in a Catholic household, um, all my life, I knew of Christ, but I didn't know Christ. And so that was a real real weird thing for me. Uh, even at university of Florida, I believed and preached evolution like crazy and, you know, kind of rejected faith and rejected Christianity. And, you know, it it was just going through weird transitions in life. It wasn't until we moved back here to South Florida and we were doing, you know, the, the kind of church hopping and things like Mm -hmm. that. Little did, did I know that my wife was at, uh, at the church that I refused to go to um, <laughs> because it was too, too, too much, right. <laughs> too, too Jesus loving, blah, blah, yeah. blah. And uh, so she went there, but she was with the women's ministry and she was mm. just with all the women saying, we please pray for my husband's salvation. Wow. And sure enough, in 2007, I came to know the Lord. And my life changed. I immediately recognized how ignorant I was. Mm -hmm. And I decided, all right, I'm going to seminary. So as soon as I became a believer, I went, yeah, I went straight to (laughs) seminary just to, just to dig in. Mm -hmm. And, um, I, I went to seminary, went to Knox theological seminary down here and studied. And as the word just grew in me, um, my life was just changing. And one of the biggest things that I saw was that these blessings that God has given me in diving, mm-hmm. how can I give back in some way, shape or form? Since mm-hmm. it was really not about him all these years, how can I make it about him? Yeah. And I started to have on my heart, just this feeling of um, there there should be something about the underwater world. There should mm-hmm. be something that teaches people about that the underwater world is the handiwork of God and that diving can actually be a worshipful experience. And so in that, I was praying about this mm-hmm. and a few things happened. Number one was that uh, the, the church we go down to here is uh, the church that we belong to is Coral Ridge Presbyterian Church. 
And so at the time, Dr. James Kennedy, the James Kennedy with Kennedy Ministries, you know, Mm -hmm. big, big, very influential pastor. He had a radio show and I listened to the radio show. And sure enough, there was a uh, interview with a guy named Tom Vale with Canyon Ministries. Mm -hmm. And Tom Vale was a raft guide in the Grand Canyon. He meets a lady on one of his trips. And as he says, he was just still, you know, like cussing, sailor, <laughs> drinking, you know, he was, he was it all. He was a typical river time. guide. Yeah. He was big time, <laughs> the real deal. She came along and she shared the gospel with him. He was overwhelmed, mm. uh, actually fell for her and she left her Bible with him on the trip. He became a believer and then he decided to start an entire ministry. First, he went back to North Carolina, met her, Mm -hmm. married her. Then they moved to Colorado or Arizona and started Canyon Ministries, where they interpreted the Grand Canyon as uh, the handiwork of God as well. And and, and just like a a very, uh, very biblical and wonderful, wonderful ministry that, that mm-hmm. developed from that and taking people down and sharing the gospel with them on trips and everything. So he's on the show and I can't believe it. It's like me all over again, mm-hmm. a scuba instructor that kind of fell away from faith, but now I want to do something that's ministry related in mm-hmm. the thing I'm a professional at. Yeah. And at the same time, a magazine that has never been in pro dives offices before shows Mm. up Mm. and my assistant had tagged a page that said faith-based scuba and it was written by an industry leader who talked about taking church groups on trips there's no reason that one issue made its way into into pro dive we have no explanation why that happened or who sent it or what was the what was the magazine it was SSI. It was a different oh, agency's okay. yeah. magazine. Um, and it, it, there was no reason for it to be there, but it showed up. And so these two things, I literally said, wait, I think this is answered prayer. So I reached out to Tom Vale and uh, told him my story. And he wound up becoming one of our board members and wow. Reef Ministries was born. And it was just the opportunity to show people the underwater world as the handiwork of God. So yeah. we would have church groups, men's ministries, homeschool groups come here to South Florida and they would go snorkeling or scuba diving, whatever their, their uh, level was, mm-hmm. mostly snorkeling. About 90% of what we did was kids and snorkeling and families. And we would take them out to the reefs here in South Florida, uh, the Keys, the Bahamas, mm-hmm. and we would give these interpretive teachings on why what you see underwater is truly the handiwork of God. Point mm-hmm. it scripturally and then scientifically mix mm-hmm. it together and just it wound up being this worshipful experience where people walked away going, I feel closer to God underwater than anywhere else on earth. And I had heard that over and over and over again with students, but it wasn't until I was a true believer that I understood why that is and why people really feel closer to God underwater than anywhere Mm. else on earth. Awesome. And so you're taking kids out. You also have God's underwater world, which is exactly what you explained, but in a video series with Mm -hmm. very impressive scientists who go into detail about how, you know, the complexity and the beauty that's underwater and how it works and how it ties to God. Tell us a little bit about that video series. Are there other resources that you have as well currently, or is it just that, that series right now? Yeah. So on the reefministries.com website, there's all kinds of articles that point to different aspects about underwater world, science, biblical um, interpretations, creation, you know, many, many different things to take into consideration um, that kind of span the globe in those different blog posts and those article Mm -hmm. posts that are there. And then there is the um, actual 
God's Underwater World online course. And there's two of them. We have just the regular course, Mm -hmm. and then we have a homeschool edition. The homeschool edition adds another chapter on um, the interpretation and where that big debate is on, on evolution and creation. And mm-hmm. usually in homeschool groups, that's, that gets teased out a whole lot. So right. we spoke about evolution versus creation in that particular chapter. And with the homeschool edition, there's also a study guide that goes with the parent and there's quizzes at the end of each chapter so that mm. a student could take this and then actually take the quizzes, the quiz results come out, and then the parent can facilitate that, that learning mm-hmm. through the study guide and with the, uh, the, the chapter questions and the answers that go along with them. So those are the two things that, that are there, and that's the most popular. And we mm-hmm. realize that um, not everybody in the world is going to be able to come to South Florida. And then we had times <laughs> when people would come, you know, from Jacksonville or something, they'd do a yeah. day trip to make it down here, but then the weather would be bad, you know, right. and we couldn't get out. Um, so that was where it was really evident that we just needed to create something that could be an online course that people could yeah. take. And then no matter where they are in the world, no matter if they're snorkeling or scuba diving, the next time they go diving, they will view the underwater world differently. And it yeah. will truly resonate as a worshipful experience every time they go in the water, rather than just an underwater excursion or an adventure or something, yeah. but that it's truly worshipful. Amazing. And, you know, tech has been kind enough to, for anybody who wants to um, check out God's Underwater World, he has given us a code for the listeners yes. exclusive to this show for 25% off. So um, I will link that in the show notes and put it in the intro to this show. So that's where you can find it. But uh, I have to say, I can't recommend this enough. Um, my wife and I were down in the Keys doing some diving a week or two ago. And every single night we came back, we got our little dessert from Publix, which I miss here in North Carolina. Yeah, right. uh, but, <laughs> but we'd come back to the hotel and we'd watch an episode or two of this program. And it's just, it will change the way you look at being underwater in the ocean. But also if you just go to the beach and you're just looking out at the horizon having a good time. Um, it's just going to change your perspective on that. So highly, right. highly recommend checking that out. I'll link to that in the show notes uh, for sure. But tech, we're coming to the end of our time, unfortunately, because there's about a hundred different topics I could I uh, <laughs> talk to you about right now, but maybe another time, but let's do some fun rapid fire questions to end out our time. How does that sound? Yeah, absolutely. Okay, cool. Let's go. Most amazing dive you've ever had. The most amazing dive I've ever had was with my wife on the aggressor liveaboard in Turks and Caicos. And that was um, a night dive. Okay. We went down to uh, about 80 feet, laid in the sand at 80 feet with a coral reef around us, sprawling around us. The boat had its stern lights down into the water, shooting down into the water. And that was directly above us. Wow. And we laid in the sand. We shut off our lights. Mm-hmm. We laid there in pitch black and then looked up at this light and would see all the fish come in to get the shrimp that had been attracted to the light. And then we would watch the sharks come in and get the fish oh, that man. were attracted. And we would just see this darting activity all around. And then once our eyes adjusted to not having any lights around us, yeah, we could literally start to see the reef. And oh, right wow. then an octopus just crawled right next to both my wife and I went between us, went around us, hung around our heads and then went away. And that was one of the coolest dives ever. Wow. What an experience. That's cool. Um, Favorite animal to see diving? It's going to be the Christmas tree worm. I am not familiar (laughs) with the Christmas tree worm. I have to say. (laughs) Oh, I'm sure you've seen them, but well, 
here's the deal is that if you really want to open up your awareness to the beauty of God's creation, when you're underwater, just don't look for the big stuff all the time. There's so much to see on the little, as we call the micro side. And so when you start looking at the little stuff, you get close to a coral reef and you start studying what is in and on and over that reef. You could literally sit in one spot for an hour and watch the most amazing complex activity take place. And it's, it's mesmerizing. Well, in that is a worm that bores into coral and it's, uh, it has kind of like feather type arms, but when it comes out, it is the shape of a Christmas tree. And so they are beautiful colored, multicolored. They're only about an inch long. Okay. So they're hard to see. Yeah. But when you go over them, if you get close enough, they will retract real yeah. quick back yeah. into their, their, uh, their little hole there. But what I love about them so much is that uh, there is this reminder. There is this reminder of Christmas, of Christ, of a Christmas tree. And it also happens to be my wife's favorite thing to see underwater. And so she always goes up to them and moves her finger right, right over there <laughs> and, uh, and, and then watches them retract and that kind of stuff. So she has yeah. so much fun with that, that that just tickles me. So I would say that's actually my favorite thing to see underwater. It puts a smile on my face every single time. I love that. Uh, I am familiar with that now that you said it. That is cool. I love that you went small not big. Yep. And I also said, give it a little touch, not a touch, just a hover yeah, just, over yep. it. And it'll go, don't, don't want right. to touch the, uh, the corals right. or the, exactly. the um, okay. Real quick, a couple more best dive location that I've been to or want to go to that you've been to. Oh, it's so tough. Um, I'm going to have to go, even though I've already said it, I'm going to have to go with Turks and Caicos. Okay. The wall diving. I think is one of mm. the wildest things ever to do because uh, if you, if you think about being on a reef at maybe 30 feet and yep. you're going and it's a beautiful reef. And then all of a sudden it's a sheer drop to 3000 feet. Mm. That level of cobalt blue that happens when that drop takes place is stunning. And you almost get the same feeling like when you look over the edge of a building and you mm -hmm. kind of go, oh, and it takes oh, your yeah. breath away. <laughs> the same thing happens when you look uh, over a 3000 foot wall. But then what's awesome is you can literally like free fall over that with your scuba uh, equipment, you're flying and now you're just cruising down, but you are in control. You can stop at whatever depth you want. You can hover at whatever depth you want, but just that feeling of flying over a cliff and then all the amount of coral that they have all along the wall right. is just amazing. So you, uh, you can pick your own adventure, shallow, deep, midwater, whatever. There's always something to see. And I loved, absolutely loved Turks and Caicos. Okay. It's on my list now. Yeah. Thank you, Tech. Last question. Should our listeners get scuba certified and why is the answer? Yes. Yeah. You already know. <laughs> yes. Right. <laughs> Again, I would say that there is no richer place that you'll feel more connected to God when you're underwater. And that is because of, again, as I say, the biodiversity that's around you, the amount of species from the smallest to the largest that's just in this world. And what's amazing that no one really thinks about is that medium of water that you're literally floating in and looking through a mask through to see these fish. Every ounce of that water has life in it. Yeah. Yeah. You are, you are bathing in God's life and what he has created. And to sit there and float in it and reflect upon it, it humbles you. It makes you feel so at the same time, insignificant and remarkably significant. Yeah. The fact that there is this much life abounding that he's created is truly humbling. 
But then that you get to bask in the glory that he has created for himself, you know, and that we get to glorify God through our loving, you know, how does a, how does it, what's the great expression? I forget what theologian said it, but um, you know, how, how do you, uh, how does a, a water fountain justify itself? And that's for one to enjoy drinking from it. Yeah. And so we can glorify God also in that worshipful act of just adoring him and thanking him for this amazing creation that we are also allowed to experience, you know, as a created mm-hmm. being ourselves in his image. And yet what we're staring at is so vastly different than anything else on earth. The life yeah. we're seeing is different than any four-legged animal, any yeah. human and it is remarkable from microscopic creatures all the way to the, you know, things that are the size of a bus, like a whale, <laughs> you know, all of that is his creation. And when you embrace yourself in it, you will literally want to bow at the knees of our savior because it's so beautiful and it's so, so amazing. Yes. What a way to end our time together, Tech. Uh, thank you so much for your time. It's been an absolute pleasure. Oh, you're welcome. And thank you. Uh, it's been just really fun. Uh, you know, when, when one gets to talk about this stuff, I get all excited, you know, I, I'm excited about diving, but I'm excited yeah. about the Lord too. And when you bring that all together and someone is eager to hear about that, that's just a really neat thing. So thank you for being such a great interviewer and, and asking all these wonderful questions. Of course. Wow. What an amazing episode. I had such a blast speaking with Ted. Remember, go visit scubaguruacademy.com and use GUW25 for 25% off Tech's fantastic series, God's Underwater World. If you would like to work with me, visit shrumpw.com or email eric at shrumpw.com and we will speak to you next week. The content provided is for general information, educational purposes only, and should not be considered a recommendation of any particular strategy, investment product, or investing advice of any kind. Content is not intended to be and should not be construed as legal or tax advice and or legal opinion. Please consult a financial professional for your specific situation. Investing involves risk, including the loss of the entire principal. Past performance does not guarantee future results. The views and opinions expressed here are of the author and do not necessarily reflect the opinion of Spire Wealth Management, LLC, and its affiliates. Investment advisory services offered through Spire Wealth Management LLC and SEC Registered Investment Advisor. Securities offered through an affiliate Spire Securities LLC, a registered broker, dealer, and member of FINRA and SIPC.